Welcome to Women Leading the Way Radio Show, where each time you'll hear from successful women CEOs, executives, and professionals, where we'll discover how they do what they do to be successful in business. We'll be interviewing women who have overcome big challenges, women who have incredible stories of lessons learned in dealing with adversity. We'll even interview women who have started and grown successful organizations and women who are C-level executives with unique talents and positions. Our goal is to bring successful businesswomen together to share how they're leading the way in business today. Good morning and welcome back to Women Lead Radio, brought to you by Connected Women of Influence. I'm your host, Shelley Harrison, with another episode of Amplify Your Influence, a lively show featuring speakers, authors, and presenters who are on the cutting edge of top-level success in their speaking business or already there. This show will bring you intriguing people across the country who have successfully amplified their influence on stage, television, or other media platforms. Today, we are talking with our leading lady, Lola Adiemo about the immigrant women's experience in corporate America. A bit about Lola. Lola is the founder and CEO of EQI Mindset. EQI is from Equity and Inclusion, for those of you that want to know. EQI Mindset is a consulting firm that focuses on building inclusion from within corporate organizations at the individual and team level. As a scientist turned certified diversity, equity, and inclusion professional, she leverages her professional experiences with different employee resource groups, ERG is the uh, acronym for that, and across different functions to support internal corporate structures through speaking, storytelling, ERG workshops, and ERG coaching. Good morning, Lola. Welcome to the show, and thank you for gracing us with your incredible wisdom on today's show. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Good morning. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, well, we're, we're happy to have you here, Lola. And we're going to get into this interview. I've got some very interesting questions, and I, and I want to learn more, and I know our audience does too. So can you share a little bit with us about yourself and what gets you pumped up each day? Yeah, thank you. So I am... Uh, in a busy season of my life, so a lot of things get me pumped up, uh, but it wasn't always that way. I, mm-hmm. for this time, try to figure out, you know, where, what is the best way that I can make a difference, and I've always been passionate about um, impacting changes within yeah. uh, and workplace, especially uh, very vocal about uh, what needs to be what shouldn't be within the corporate workplace. So um, employee resource groups have guided my journey, my career journey, uh, from being a scientist up until being a diversity and inclusion professional right now. So I I definitely accept for that because I think this is what, I call it spaces for belonging. And this is Mm. of the workplace is the leadership from the bottoms up leaderships from every direction, not just top-down uh, traditional leadership yeah. style, but an inclusive model that brings in different voices and, and unique individuals into the conversation and um, allows everybody to feel belonging the way they want to. 
Yeah, well, it, it's only uh, fitting that you wrote a book I, I, with your background and all of your experience. And today we're going to talk about the topic, which is your, your book, The Immigrant Woman's Experience in Corporate America. How does this correlate with your story? Yeah, so the the book is, that's the working title first. So that's really what the book is about. It's a, a perspective on inclusion that is taking in the voices of immigrants who are in corporate America. So my my experience, I mean, it is my experience, and it's also the experience of a lot of people, and it's a perspective that I don't hear often enough. So I immigrated to the United States at age 25. I don't have any family yeah. in, in the United States. And so oh, starting oh from... Goodness. Sorry? Oh no! I said, "Oh my goodness!" So you're here on your on your own with your own family, right? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I came yeah. here for school, and and school was really helpful. But I was in grad school full time for like eighteen months. So I finished in less than eighteen months, and I was in corporate workplace. So for me, it was really a very immersive experience, and yeah. um, there was a lot of a lot of barriers that I, you know didn't even know they were uh, a lot of confusion, a lot of internalized um, uh, obstacles that I faced. And yeah. I just really struggled trying to put a voice to what was going on and, and uh, what I was observing. And, of course, getting into that yeah. inclusion is understanding that it's, there's, there's, a side, there's a part of me, there's a very important part of me that is, um, not talked about that is silence, and it's the fact that I'm an immigrant, mm-hmm. you know, and what that means in the United States, and a lot of the assumptions yeah. that a lot of the bias in the workplace to being an immigrant, and and also a lot of the cultural yeah. aspects of my upbringing that makes me different, makes me unique, just like everybody yeah. else. Yeah. Not something yeah. that I can erase and and. Um, just fit into whatever mold is a part right. of me. Right, and, and yeah, and champion that. And what are some yeah. of the things that that you've seen, you know, Lola, in the workplace that really kind of fuel why you want to, you know, put a kind of put a um, more focus on this? Yeah. So I, I think first, you know, discovering that I had so much in common with other immigrants. I think it that realization that I can stand in that identity. I am an immigrant, and that's great. That's who I am. Uh, it's yeah. something that I don't see a lot of immigrant women feeling like they need to be able to um, get to that place. Mm-hmm. It's almost like you come into this workplace and you observe, and then you learn, what do I need to do? How do I need to be? And it's almost like you're suppressing yeah. yourself. And, you know, mentally that's not even healthy. And then it's also you are limiting your strengths because it's in your background, it's in your upbringing that your strengths also come. And and so observing mm-hmm. people just struggle to trying to suppress their identity. Um, of course, the systems are also set up in a way where um, it doesn't acknowledge the fact that if I'm not from here, there are certain things I don't know. And there are certain things there's I am really into. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. um, I think it goes both ways. And for me, it's about just starting with giving voice to the individuals themselves. And then uh, mm-hmm. 
helping the systems to understand that there are certain unique needs for this population. So if we're talking about inclusion, if we're talking about belonging, um, it yeah. looks different if you are an immigrant. Gosh, that, I mean, that is just fascinating. And I know, you know, diversity and inclusion is one thing, but then you add the equation of, you know, the immigrant woman. And, you know, these are vibrant women that, you know, that are highly educated and, and want to get into the workforce depending on, you know, the track that they're on. Um, yes. You know, as far as I, I know that in your work, I'm curious, how do you help leaders connect the gaps to move from business strategy to business results without compromising uh, their diverse employees and teams. Right. So um, it's the, it's one of the reasons why I focus on employee resource groups uh, because yeah. that you know, by itself is a very important tool. It's a way to to cross the the, the hierarchy we have in the corporate workplace. Mm-hmm. And we know everything is kind of structured by level, by band. Um, you know, we have leaders, we have managers. But with employee resource groups, anybody can join. You know, people across yeah. different functions, people, uh, employee resource groups are started across different um, uh, similarities or st- uh, stage of life. So what it does is mm. helps to cross a lot of levels within the corporate workspace and bring people together internally. Yeah. And, and we're and that's definitely an advantage now too, right? If you think about it, like we are getting to a more globalized world, uh, technology and all that is taking shape. So what works before in terms of activity and structures um, won't anymore. We have to, as leaders, be listening. We have to be observing. Yeah. We have to be adapting. Absolutely. Change. Mm-hmm. So what employee resource groups does is helps to build that into your framework in your organization. Yeah, and we're going to talk, yeah, talk about employee resource groups in, in just a moment because we're going to, if we can, Lola, we're going to take a quick commercial break from our sponsor. So if we can have Michelle Burquist come on the, the show and she's going to share a little bit about our sponsor. Thanks, Shelley. Women Lead Radio is brought to you today by Connected Women of Influence and our partner, Microsoft. The Microsoft mission is to empower every person and organization on the planet to achieve more. Microsoft believes technology is a powerful force for good, and they're working to foster a sustainable future where everyone has access to the benefits and the opportunities created by technology. Microsoft believes technology can and should be a powerful force for good, and that meaningful innovation can and will contribute to a brighter world in big and small ways. So thank you for your support, Microsoft and to all of our sponsors and our partners. Like you, Shelly Harrison, with Luminary Leaders, thank you for your sponsorship, too. All right, back to your show. Thank you so much, Michelle. I appreciate that. That's that's wonderful. And we are back to amplify your influence on Women Lead Radio with my special guest, Lola Adiemo. And I'm I'm hopeful that I said that right again, Lola. (laughs) You did great. Good, good. Well, now we're going to talk about employee resource groups. So let's talk about that and why they're key in the work workplace today. Yeah, so again, I'm glad we just talked about technology. So, I mean, the things that are impacting the workplace right now is technology is very connected world, so globalization. And mm-hmm. yeah, the people 
colleagues that are working a lot of times are not in the same place, not in the same uh, uh, generation, not in the same location. So there's so much about the diversity that we used to focus on that is existing in the workplace now. Uh, but yeah. then we beyond that to how can we build inclusion into the way we work? And while mm-hmm. we still need to break down of functions, departments, projects that are going on, helping to bring humans to the center of what we are doing in the workplace is where ERGs really thrive. And ERGs, employee yeah. resource, um, for those who don't know. Sure. So I, I mm-hmm. think it, it's a space within the company where people, individuals, employees, leaders get to move based on what what is important to them. So yeah. for myself, as an example, because I grew up in Nigeria, because growing up, uh, the gender inequities were more obvious to me uh, because of where I grew up. So, of course, when I joined Employee Resource Group, the first group I joined was Women Employee Resource Group. I didn't grow up mm. in a space. saw a lot of women leaders. So, for me, I, cry, I craved that. I wanted to see other women in the workplace, yeah. and that was important to me. So, I chose to go into the Women uh, Employee Resource Group, and that was my first active group. Because I'm a black woman, corporate America by default, a lot of people also assume that, you know, being black is the first thing that mm-hmm. would draw me into the black employee resource group. But it wasn't because until I got into yeah. America, it was not a thing that had factored into my, my life and upbringing. So, again, the power of employee resource groups is everybody gets to choose which dimension of my identity do I need to feed right now? Which dimension of my mm-hmm. identity is is really important for me to thrive in the workplace? And you move you move to the group uh, that really speaks to that for you. That resonates with yeah. And you know, I have been out of the corporate world. I I own my own company, and I have I'm celebrating eight years, and I'm excited because we're in our, our eighth year. And my background is actually in the banking industry, so I was an executive, and and this did not exist. And and it's so wonderful that you're doing this work, Lola, uh, because when I look back and I think, gosh, you know, there were so many limited resources. And, we're, you know, this is going back when I first started my career. Um, but we're, we're going to talk a little bit about, because I know uh, you mentioned, and I know it's in your, your bio, that you are a scientist. What is the backstory on this? Because, my goodness, you are just a, a, an accomplished woman. Can we talk about that? <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> I think um, ever since I was a young child, I've always been curious about how things get formed, how things get made. I But I wasn't yeah. one of those kids who knew exactly what I wanted to be. Uh, I was uh-huh. fortunate that my dad uh, was a professor, so he looked at my, you know, my favorite topic, my favorite subjects, and how I was doing, and if you grew up in Nigeria and you're doing well in science subjects, you're going to be a doctor. So that was, oh. that was, was okay. <laughs> I'm going to go into medical school. So I, I did my bachelor's in biochemistry. And yeah. the plan mm-hmm. that I was going to go into medical school. But 
about halfway through it, I kind of knew I didn't want to be a doctor. First, I couldn't stand the sight of blood. Uh, oh. so. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a requirement, being a doctor. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I really got interested in the corporate workplace, and um, I had a very supportive dad. He was a mentor to me. So he got me mentors. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. And, I ended up doing an internship at a global organization based in Nigeria, and I enjoyed it. They retained me after yeah. I graduated. Um, so I came into the U.S. for my master's in biotechnology because then my next plan was I wanted to work in a company that was manufacturing something that was making a lot of difference in healthcare, mm-hmm. food industry, um, but when I was in grad school, I just realized I do like the people side of things because I did a lot of independent mm-hmm. studies and I had to run PCR reactions <laughs> that you need to repeat it, you need to record the details, and I was bored. And I was like, this mm-hmm. is not what I want to do for the rest of my life. You know, I just want to do it once mm-hmm. and know how it's done. I don't want to have to repeat it multiple times. And so... <laughs> um, it's, yeah, it's been an interesting transition away from the bench to the people side, oh, but um, I also saw it as an advantage because I I saw the difference in um, personalities and perspective for the technical folks yeah. and people folks, and I felt like, oh, there's a gap here. Uh, there's a lot of gap here. We're working towards the same goal as an organization, but there are different functions, and mm-hmm. how can we bridge that gap? My goodness. So you definitely are accomplished. And uh, I can see what drives you and, and just your your curiosity. You know, here you are. You're doing this in the corporate world, and, and you've written a book. And we're going to kind of talk a little bit about your speaking and building your influence. Um, I'm curious, Lola, what does Amplify Your Influence mean for you, which is the, the topic of our show or my show title? Um, what does it mean for you? amplifying your influence, knowing the background that you have, you have your book, you're speaking, all of these things? I think creating awareness for business leaders um, really sounds like, Ooh, you know. that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, a, a deep urge for me is I need <laughs> leaders to be aware of what belonging truly is. You know, let's move away from just trying to check the box, and make money, if your people are not at the center of your decisions, everything else mm-hmm. you're trying to do is going to fall yeah. apart. Um, and so for me, it's helping you as a leader, helping you as a people manager to get it, to really understand yeah. what inclusion is about, what belonging is about, not just the things you need to do, but why you need to do those things. Because I think that's where we get to mm-hmm. a lot of performance. Um, activities that are being done now. I want, you know, I want to help companies understand why the systems need to change to support inclusion, how it needs to change, right? Um, and, mm-hmm. and all of the dimensions that we have. Yeah. So would you say it's a movement then, Lola, that, you know, knowing that you have this, you know, desire and, you know, excitement about changing things, you know, and, and it, people can amplify their influence in so many different ways. And I, the way I see you doing it is this could be kind of a movement in the corporate, you know, corporate world, knowing that you have your book coming out and everything else. 
The word movement sounds <laughs> intimidating. <laughs> well, movement in the corporate world, right? There's nothing wrong with that. I think we just we just coined that phrase that Lola's going to make a movement or create a movement in in the corporate world, right? <laughs> it, is, it is hard to create a movement, but what I know is I'm going to try because it's a passion yeah. for me, and and I think it's a purpose that a lot of people will benefit from. You know, not everybody can say I'm going to start going around to businesses and talking to them about this and helping them do this right. There are people yeah. who are within the corporate workplace and they don't want to be entrepreneurs. They want to be in the corporate workplace. Um, yeah. So it's a passion for me. It's uh, a purpose that is bigger than me just by myself, but I want to help fix the systems to support everybody who is in the yeah. workplace. And speaking can do that for you, you know, just getting out there and speaking to larger groups, to corporate, you know, industry groups. And uh, there are a lot of ways to to do that, you know, as far as speaking. And um, as far as your, you know, your book, because I know you have your book coming out in September, which is very exciting. And is And this is your first book, right, Lola? I can't remember if we talked about that. Yes, it is my first book. Um, it's first coming out book. in September. And part of what came out of these two is that I will be launching a podcast on the same topic in summer. Um, because oh, congratulations. I, I, thank you. I realized, yeah. you know, I couldn't see it all in a book. What I wanted to convey, the favorite part of my research process for this book was the interviews I did with um, over 40 amazing women. And, you know, putting it on the book didn't capture their personality, didn't capture their passion. Um, what I was able to capture mm. in the book, sort of the categories, areas where there are barriers and, and some of the takeaways for an yeah. immigrant or an international student, some of the tools and resources and, and tactics that you can use to thrive in the work. Uh, but for the podcast, it was like these conversations that I got to have. I want to bring them, um, I want to share them with people because I got to talk with really mm. amazing women and we had a good um, conversation on their background, some of the barriers, yeah. that had, some of the unique strengths that because I'm an immigrant, because I'm not from here, there are some things that actually I've been able to use to my advantage, and I haven't been thinking about that. So I, I really enjoyed being able to hear those stories. Uh, yeah, and you know what I'm really feeling from you, Lola, and, and I, I'm not kidding you. This is You are a real people person. I mean, you, you thrive on helping people and getting to know people's stories, and that is key for having a podcast. So we're, we're excited. I mean, you said it launches in the summertime. Yes. I, my goal is to some of the women that I interviewed for the book to bring them in in uh, uh, in July. We're gonna do the uh, recordings and release it by August. Gosh, that's exciting! So you've got a lot going on, and I know that. Uh, and I kind of took a look at your bio on LinkedIn, and there was something that really resonated with me. Uh, there was one sentence that said that your family of five has a special place in your heart and on my schedule. And that's something that right there, you know, on my schedule. So back in the day, I know that when I was in the corporate world, I couldn't even really talk about my family. 
and and it's interesting to see the dynamic of of you know just seeing this on your on your LinkedIn profile, thinking, wow, you know, things have changed in the corporate world. Would you say? Well, things have changed uh, a little bit, but things still have a long way to go. So I actually put, I think I put that there before 2020. And the reason oh. is because I do, I do a lot of um, uh, like lunch and learns for high schoolers, middle schoolers. And one of the things I always start mm-hmm. my conversation with is I'm a mom because I think it always seemed like you had to be a mom, be a parent, or be a thriving career woman. And so I always mm-hmm. want girls when I'm talking to them to know that you can have a career and you can have a family. You don't have to pick and choose, you know. Yeah. You just you juggle the same. But, you know, even if you're single or <laughs> even if you don't have kids, you're always going to have to juggle something. Um, we can do That's everything so we true. want to do, maybe not at the same time. So I, I always like to put that first because, again, I can't have meetings on some days because my kids have a field trip or I have to do school pickup in the evening so I can't have meetings in the evening, I think it's always going to be, you know, a part of my reasons for my scheduling. So I just like to be upfront with that. Yeah. Well, and isn't it wonderful to have, you know, being an entrepreneur and owning your own business, we can make our own schedules and put those things that are important, whether it be family, self-care, or, you know, other things that we want to spend our time on. And really, you know, we, we deserve it. So what kind of self-regiments do you have, Lola, to take care of yourself? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I am am learning that entrepreneurship and being in the corporate workplace, two different things. And so maybe I'm still working on the self-care piece. But one thing I have tried to do, do, though, consistently is uh, work out at least four times a a week. Oh, good for you. I have a kickbox behind my house. I got into that during the pandemic. So I I have online videos, (laughs) and I do 45 minutes of kickboxing. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Well, good for you. And that's a good physical workout, that kickboxing. I've not tried it, but I've seen it, and I used to do Taekwondo back in the day. So those are, yeah, yeah, very vigorous. Then I have a machine at home, too. Because I realize if I'm working from home, it's hard to get out and go to the gym, but if they're right there, I can can try and squeeze it in. So I have been pretty good about at least three times a week, get some workout in and and making that a priority. That's pretty good. Yeah, especially during a pandemic, if you can do that. I know I'm, I was going to pre-COVID, I was going to the gym at least four times a week. And after COVID, it was like, gosh, I really lost my regimen. And I still do bike riding, my husband, and I love to ride bikes. But uh, I applaud you, though, with your busy schedule, Lola, that you're fitting in kickboxing. I mean, how many women, you know, can say, I, I do kickboxing. That's pretty cool. <laughs> you know, we're because I had my baby, I had my last baby in 2020, so I had all of those. Oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. How sweet. Oh, gosh. That, that is so sweet that you have, yeah, you, you have your children. And, you know, and that's really what drives us sometimes, our kids, you know. Yeah. Um, we're almost at the end of the show, Lola. And there's a couple of more questions that I want to ask you. Um, okay. Number one, uh, can you share with our audience a takeaway 
that can apply for, you know, an employee of a company or a corporation, but what is that one takeaway that you'd like to share? I think it, it boils down to my identity, your identity. A lot of times we talk about there's so many uh, aspects, dimensions of diversity, you know, we're talking about women's rights and rights for blacks, rights for Asians, you know, and, and sometimes we could start to feel like, where do I sit in all of these? And yeah. I, I think the reason why my conversations are always start by making it clear that it's about identity, it's about representation, it's about intersectionality. You know, yeah. if you're not an immigrant, you have some sort of di- identity dimensions that are important to you. So what mm-hmm. I what I live with that I think will resonate with everybody is start from you. Who are you and what is important to you? Oh, and that, that is good. <laughs> that you as an individual yeah. should walk in. It's not anybody else's. It starts from standing and owning your identity. And then oh, that helps you that. Yeah. what kind of representation do I need? What do I need to grow from my network? And, and not letting systems define that for you. Oh, that is powerful, Lola. I love it. That is so powerful. And, and I know that our listeners may want to reach out to you. So how do they reach you? LinkedIn. I'm always on LinkedIn. <laughs> LinkedIn. Okay. I'm so, LinkedIn. so I know in the show notes, we'll, we'll, your name will be on there. So, folks, I want you to go to, to this show and find Lola and connect with her on link, LinkedIn. And uh, that's our show for today. We hope you gain new ideas and wisdom from our powerful guest, Lola Adiemo. Thank you, Lola, for being our leading lady today on Women Lead Radio on Amplify Your Influence. And a special thanks to all of our listeners in the U.S. and our international listeners, too, and followers. We'll be back again for another Women Lead Radio Show Mondays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time. It's been my absolute pleasure to be your host today. Thank you for listening, and remember to build your influence authentically and compassionately. Thank you, Lola. Women Leading the Way is produced by Connected Women of Influence, the premier private membership organization where like-focused, business-to-business executive and professional women connect, collaborate, and cultivate a vast network of high-level affiliations, resources, and professional relationships. For more information about Connected Women of Influence, please visit our website at connectedwomenofinfluence.com.